All right, let's talk some football with a guy, Tom Curran. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran, a 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at Unified Office. Dot com. Good afternoon, Tommy Curran. How are you, friend? Hello, boys. What's going on? I'm tremendous. Top of the world. Well, it's uh, well, it's a bit of a slow week because uh, the New England Patriots have at least one side of the ball to fix. So, Tommy, why don't we start there? How do you think this coaching staff goes about trying to get this offense to function better and more efficiently? Well, they're going to pop the hood, and they're going to look in there, and they're going to see a whole mess of frayed wires, torn fan belts, and uh, just unlubricated parts, shall we say. And they're not going to know where to start because the issue with the offense is not that there is one issue, but there are myriad issues, and it's hard to find the root cause. To me, they don't have enough skill on their offensive line and Matt Patricia is spread too thin. That's not going to magically disappear. And the skill on the offensive line, Andy Hart, is really traceable to the fact that David Andrews is, is going to return from a concussion, and I'm not confident when a guy comes back from a concussion and starts engaging in head-to-head contact again that that's not going to be an ongoing issue. And the same thing with Marcus Cannon, who was basically added after the season because the guy starting in that position couldn't get the job done. I don't think that they have the tools. I don't think they got the parts to fix it. Uh, I would agree. And with that offensive line is where I wanted to go next. In your perfect world, or maybe not perfect world, in an acceptable world that comes after the bye week, who are the five starting offensive linemen and where do they line up? Trent Brown, Ted Karras. Um... <laughs> Might be able to get him. I'm not sure the bank. I was just going to say he was a value last year. This year, uh, he's a but he's a great guy. I don't want to make it sound like Ted Karras is you know bringing John Hanna, but um, you know Cole Strange has dipped so much. But I still think that that's a position that you can get something out of him. He should improve physically. He is not strong enough or has enough sand in his pants, Andrew. Yes, to uh, get the job done against players like. Quinn and Williams. And losing and losing just quickly, losing Andrews hurts strange clearly. You're exactly right. Yeah, that's yeah, it, that's a big part of that. Um, so you have to get strange back out there. Mike and Wen who's perfect over at the at the right guard spot. He's probably your most promising guy along with Marcus Cannon. Excuse me, with <laughs> Derek Brown. And then I say yeah. <laughs> Cannon is still on IR, so even in a perfect world you can't have him. So Isaiah Wynn suddenly gets inspired and plays right tackle the way a $10 million ought to. I saw Matt Chatham tweet a, I saw Matt Chatham tweet about this and would you have any consideration for putting Win at right guard and bumping on Wenu out to right tackle? Rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, as crazy as it sounds it feels like Brown strange Andrews on Wenu and Win is about the best five they can put out there. Ugh. Yeah. Again, 
there is 2020 hindsight being employed, but it's not like at the moment of the moves, they weren't head scratchers as well. Shaq Mason wasn't making a mint in 2022. And the Patriots moved on from him for Mike and Wenu, who, as we said, is one of their better guards. But they're shorthanded at guard now because Wenu's there and Strange isn't playing well enough to be relied upon, nor is his backup, who's Isaiah Wynn. So did you really have to move on from Shaq Mason? We, we questioned it at the time, and Cole Strange did douse a lot of the doubts about him, not about him personally, but about the draft position. But now it's, it's hard to look at those decisions made and the confidence that they had. And again, it's so hard to say that they can't play. Matt Patricia, again, put in a position to be the play caller, offensive coordinator, coordinator and offensive line coach, along with Billy Yates. That's spread too thin with a guy just learning the job. And yeah, he is just learning the job. It's asking too much of too many people. And that really, and I'm going to get into this on Quick Slants a little bit and our podcast, the buck never really seems to come back and stop with Bill. It bumps up against him. We talk about it. But the criticism that gets levied on shows, on social media, in a general day-to-day, moment-to-moment manner goes to Mac, goes to the offensive line, goes to Isaiah Wynn, goes to Joe, uh, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. But all of these guys are in the positions they're in because Bill overestimated how well that they would do their jobs. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston here with Gresham. Keith Hart is in today for Keith. Tommy joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Hart and I were talking a little bit earlier, Tommy, about in years past, there was offensive coordinators or coaches who could coach around some of the problems. Are the problems so vast along the offensive line that you can't coach around it, independent of whether they have the people who can coach around it? Are the problems so deep that even if Josh McDaniels were here, he'd be beating his head against the wall trying to figure out how to get these guys to play right? No, because he'd have an offensive line coach. Think about that. The best offensive coordinator in the league, as he proved many times here, regardless of what's going on in Vegas, the best offensive coordinator in the league Always had an offensive line coach to take care of the offensive line. Now, the first-year offensive coordinator slash play caller is also the offensive line coach. Do you know how mind-numbing that decision is? Yeah, that might be the biggest whiff from Bill in all of this. So how can he do both? So even if Josh was here, he could walk over to the offensive line room and say, please, can you fix these guys, Dante? Can you can you get through to these guys? Who was it last year? Cole Popovich, and he's been gone for a while, but Carmen Priscilla? Yep. Right, Andy? Yep. Can, can you get these guys to do this for me, please? But now Patricia has to go from a quarterback's meeting or a play caller meeting um, and then march, march into the offensive line and go say, yeah, uh, I'm under orders from myself to fix you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Tom, you know me. I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. I try to stay positive. And uh, what, what are you laughing up at over there? Sunny uh, side of the street. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's me. Um, this defense has looked pretty good. And I know the competition hasn't exactly been great. But Matt Judon, you know, he's talking about Uche being great. Wise has been good. The back end, I think, has probably been better than maybe we expected. How sustainable is that? Is that glass half full part of the team capable of maybe surprising us over the second half of the season as some of the offenses get more challenging? 
Yes. Ooh. They they absolutely are. They are lugging behind them a two-ton dumpster fire <laughs> with the offense. But, yeah, they are. Can they stop a dual-threat quarterback? That's the only question, really. You know, those two losses that they had against Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, you erase those and it's a 7-2 and two team. <laughs> okay, I know. You're not supposed to do that. But the first loss of the season was against um, Miami, in which there was one defensive breakdown the entire friggin' game. That was on um, Duggar. And Bentley. Failing yep. to tackle um, Jalen Waddle. Yep. 27 game. So, yeah, they, they can create it to a point where they can lug this team forward. I, I really believe that. And that is to my surprise. And interestingly enough, the collaboration that existed on the defensive side of the ball last year with Mayo, Steve Belichick as a play caller, and Bill Belichick as their overseer, with Bill devoting more time to the offense and those guys on defense, and give credit for, to Bill for the guys he brought in, but they're playing better. I'm not saying having Bill out of the mix is making them better, but those guys are better coaches now, I would think. I, I, it's just you, you never know exactly what the division of power is, but we do know that that's a common denominator. Bill's now on the offensive side of the ball because the collaboration he's got going over there isn't working. Now the collaboration in year two or three or whatever it is on the offensive side of the ball is going better. Has me? What does it mean? <laughs> has it mean? has special teams leveled out a little bit? Are they going to be okay there? I think Marcus Jones is a dependable punt returner. I think Jake Bailey is trying to kick his way right out of his contract and onto the sidelines and maybe right out of the building. So it remains a wash and a concern to me. You know, Nick Folk is absolutely automatic. They had a punt block the other day, but I just, no, no, they're, I don't trust Cam Acord implicitly. Okay. Uh, hey, you mentioned Marcus Jones, and uh, I didn't realize they touched on this on the Six Rings postgame show. I brought it to Andy Hart yesterday, and I want to bring it to you. Is Marcus Jones miscast? Should he be an offensive player and not a defensive player? I love that idea <laughs> because I was talking yesterday about the inability of Mac Jones to have anybody at the second level, no James White type, no Julian Edelman type, Danny Amendola type, little water bugs. You know, J.J. Taylor could probably fit that suit, but the Patriots are trying to move away from that, apparently. But, yeah, Marcus Jones or J.J. Taylor, they just don't want to have a water bug anymore. But I think that that would be incredibly valuable. Deion Lewis, Shane Vereen, Danny Woodhead, any of these guys, Danny Amendola particularly, you know, smaller role players who could be throwing the ball, make two or three people miss, and get you nine yards. That was supposed to be Kendrick Bourne. And I really think Mac Jones has lost confidence in Bourne at this juncture. Oh, Tom, uh, those of us in the Patriots media world have spent endless hours talking, writing, observing, babbling about Mac Jones from July straight on through uh, the last couple weeks. Certainly he feels like he's solidified his starting role, the zappy chance and all that crap maybe behind us. But where is he midway through his sophomore season, confidence-wise, production-wise, uptick-wise, energy-wise? Like, where is Mac right now, you think? significantly damaged and it will take a significant amount of time for the Patriots to build him back up to where he has confidence in his protection, confidence in the play calls, an ability to 
not make decisions under such duress that he's missing things that he saw previously. I think that to me, Andy, for folks who are going to training camp in 2021 is the most arresting part of this entire season. Mac Jones in July of 2021, in the first days of his competition with Cam Newton, set himself apart with poise, rapid decision-making, and accuracy. Those are gone. Will they improve when the offensive line improves? And will the offensive line improve this year? TB flipping D. Yeah, they broke him. Now they got to figure out a way to fix him. Well, that's the thing is, does Bill Belichick want to fix him? Does Matt Patricia want to fix him? Are they in on fixing him? They better be. Is that now at least become a question for you, Tom Curran? Like, basically, it's in a way of asking, is it still Bill's guy? And he's going to say nice things, pump him up, be hard on, you know, coach him hard privately, but not embarrass him publicly, all that kind of stuff. Like, are are we now to the point to where Bill Belichick thinks he has to rebuild Mac Jones? I agree with Andy. He better be. He broke him. He made decisions surrounding Mac Jones with the McDaniel succession plan that didn't exist, and then a system change, terminology change, and some of the personnel decisions on the offensive line that leveraged Mac's trust. And then the trust has been broken by exactly what he anticipated happening, happening. So if you want to be the Panthers, if you want to be the Browns, if you want to be the Jets, go ahead and pull the ripcord and get back into the mix. Start to yo-yo the quarterback. My feeling is that when Bill Belichick breaks Don Shula's record, it will be Mac Jones who's embracing him. Tom, it is uh... because the team's on the way to the Super Bowl, but he'll still be around. It's it's November 8th, and I'm going to hold your bum-bum, your pale white bum-bum to the fire here. <laughs> will the Patriots make the playoffs? They will not. Oh! Finish, as I predicted, at 8-9. and nine. Oh, a losing record. Oh, that hurts. Boy, that, that leaves be, a mark. That, would be. that leaves a Cam Newton-like mark. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggy's going to drive in and yell at you. <laughs> Tommy, thank you, friend. We appreciate it. By the way, Tommy Kern will join uh, Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. I look on my board, it says 3.30 now. Uh, yeah, we had to go to 3. They had locker room access at like 4 o'clock, so I was scurrying out of there and so this is better, 3.30 before the locker room. Perfect. There we go. So 3.30 on Thursday with Merloni, Fourier, and Mego, and, of course, on Sunday, WEI Football Sunday. Tommy, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care.